Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 637 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined as always by the trifecta of Kyle Brackey, Oliver the Bear, a stone, and Ben Funky Askren, or Funky Ben Askren. The order doesn't matter. Uh, ben, what's up? Well, uh, I don't know if you guys know this or saw this, but I happened to have this really embarrassing boxing match last weekend with a YouTuber. Um, <laughs> did not go the way I wanted to, and so I figured we'd just get that off the table right away. Yeah, get it get it over with. Um, well, I, I, did, I, I, did, I did an interview with Helwani. He asked some pretty tough questions, so you guys are welcome to ask. And, and you know else who I – Kyle will be pumped about this. Kyle, you know who else I did an interview with, and he was I shitting s- on me Sunday, and I said, okay, let's bring the questions. Yeah, I saw you did one with Portnoy, right? Yeah. So. How was that? I didn't see. I, I listened to your aerial interview. Yeah. Um, it was good. Matt, listen, I, I worked hard. I did. I, I mean, but then he said I was 11 weeks. That was all I had. And I never really boxed in my life. So I did what I could for 11 weeks. And you guys know I don't look good. I never look good. And so some people were taking that, holding that against me. And it's like, well, you must not have watched the rest of my career because at no point did I look good and this weight class was 20 pounds above any other weight class I've really competed at so you know you're holding that against me but that's not really fair yeah I think that was what annoyed me the most about the 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 whole thing because obviously it didn't go the way we wanted um and Mm -hmm. and that that sucked but for for me it was like you know one people asking if it was rigged which I was like you guys just don't know what this guy's about and then the you know did he even prepare did he even try to get ready and that that's what annoyed me most about it because i knew the answer without any doubt and it's just like well these people just don't know they don't know ben at all yeah i mean the, the thing about the whole the rig thing is like it's so dumb because number one i'm a man of integrity there's not there's not really an amount of money but number two if I beat Jake Paul's ass, nobody likes him. And I, I'm literally famous and I could just do whatever the hell I want after that. <laughs> yeah. So the the impetus to losing is just there's just not there. It doesn't make any uh-uh. sense whatsoever. Um and you know, I was actually in the beginning I was nervous because not like in the beginning of me when I started training, because I knew I, I realized I sucked at boxing. I realized I was very out of shape because I hadn't done anything in sixteen months. I mean, literally nothing. And then I just, it, I started really catching on with it and getting better and better and better. And, you know, he was very uncomfortable around me. So then that, that made me think maybe he's not that good. 
Um, and so I was actually, you know, going into the fight, I was really confident, like, okay, I'm going to smoke him. Um, and then, you know, I had a big, uh, big right hand and that put me down and we, we knew that was his best weapon. And I could not break my mixed martial arts habit. You know, it, I have my guard a little wider mixed martial arts. Cause I actually want people to throw that punch in mixed martial arts because I can get a relatively easy takedown off of that. Um, and I couldn't break that habit. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, uh, you know, a couple, a couple of thoughts, but what was it like just being around that spectacle, that event? You, you had said to us a couple of times on and off air, like this is going to be a, a circus of sorts. <laughs> and I had, it no was idea. more than I could have ever imagined Christian. Yeah. Go Just go ahead about the experience yeah. of being with the event. Well, I mean, it was actually, it was Triller's first time doing an event. And so the whole lead up was, it was so stressful because something changed every three days. Mm. Um, but then, you know, when we actually get to the event, you know, I knew that, I knew that there was going to be some musical stuff, a part of it, but right to everyone's annoyance in the first two hours, there was one fight, um, and a whole bunch of music and a whole bunch of really raunchy music to the point where I tweeted about it because I was like mortified that. I was thinking like, what are my kids, the kids I coach, what are their parents having to explain to them right now? Cause mm -hmm. this is terrible, awkward. Um, and then when the, the owner came in, well, the, one of, one of the, the executive producer came in, when I did the Pete Davidson interview to the point where I had to tell him like, bro, this is freaking gross. Like, uh, man, I'm so embarrassed that kids that I coach are watching this. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, it's funny because my mom was text me and she obviously, you know, roots for you and wants you she's like she was yeah. talking about getting the thing and i was like yeah it's 50 dollars, but you know they're on the east coast and like you know old so i was like they're not gonna stay up so they ended up not getting it and then i'm like watching this thing at the whole time i'm like i am so glad my mom did not <laughs> get this thing oh my gosh. and so we had a bunch of people over and like my wife and, and david bray's wife were there watching it and like all this this you know, distasteful stuff with the with the women, and we're just like standing there, and it's like you know, me and JD are like, all right, so there's fruit pizzas, we got wings, like you're just trying to like <laughs> look distracted about, like not look at the TV. It's like so, it was really? a little, it wasn't super, yeah, it was sort of uncomfortable. Fortunately, my uh, our wives weren't as mortified as uh, they could they could have been, but yeah, it was a crazy event. We were like dying laughing at how much happened with only one fight going down. That was crazy. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Did you have so, an idea of like the time frame you guys were going to be on? Like, did they have a schedule? Um, or, like, were you just sitting back there like, come on, let's go? No, it, it changed. I didn't get there till nine p.m. and they told me I was initially going to walk like eleven forty-five, and then you know, and then at like. Um, almost 11 it was like there's no fights i'm like am i really gonna walk in 45 minutes Cause that doesn't feel that doesn't feel right um and then they pushed back to like 12 30 so uh they, they communicated fairly well on that um yeah that's way past my bedtime yeah <laughs> did, did you did you meet any of the the musical acts like i couldn't believe like they had e40 and ice cube i know i saw you did an interview with snoop dogg yeah i didn't well i now snoop hate dogg. by the way i can't stand him yeah <laughs> uh, he did what do you do? I don't even. Well, oh my gosh, he was so obnoxious. After I mean, one, obviously, I'm not gonna take he that like, shit on me, huh? Super well. Wait, he was just so screaming about how you got knocked out. Pay me my money, two million dollars. Just like, just oh, he was just 
He was like, you know what? I feel I like every even... idiot in a like a, a, a casino sports book when their team wins, but like you have to listen to it when. Yeah, I didn't even think about it, but someone brought to me the conflict of interest of, of someone who's the owner of this. Um, you know, having a, a financial income, a, a, sorry, a financial interest in the outcome of a bout, like that's probably illegal in some way, shape, or form. I would yeah. have to guess. <laughs> you would. I would. Uh, I would assume so. It's certainly a yeah. Uh, and I was look. really uh, let down on the Snoop Dogg interview thing I did. Um, man, we were up in a, we had to go up to a hotel room, like one of those big penthouses with a whole bunch of rooms, you know? And they had us kind of in one room and we were waiting for him and he was like an hour late and he was obviously smoking like Snoop Dogg does. Yeah. And one of the workers for the hotel, cause they, you know, they were delivering food and all this stuff, whatever, whatever, whatever. And they said, Hey man, you can't do that here. And he said, the, he started cussing at F if I can. She said, listen, no one's going to talk to me like that, dude. Then he, he cussed at her some more. She left, but then he came and sat down and he would not shut up about how he wanted to punch this woman. And I'm thinking like, you are <laughs> not a good person. Like he wouldn't stop talking about it. Like I'm little, I'm literally for two to three minutes talked about how he wanted to fight this girl. Unreal. It was insane. It was literally insane. People of the, of his, status level that's how they a, a lot of them sort of view people that aren't maybe at their, their status or whatever it's just a weird psychological phenomenon it's sad but it's more pathetic than anything uh but yeah. also not not terribly surprising um the one the one dude that i met that was uber famous um through the whole process that was like this dude is just he's kind of a really awesome and just uh, an amazing person. A lot of energy was Mario Lopez. Like I got to talk with him in LA and I talked to him again. He yeah. just like, man, like good person. And then I, I couldn't hear the whole broadcast, but it said like he was the only one acting semi-normal on there is what uh, my wife yeah. said. Yeah, so they, well, he actually, I think he, he, uh, he knows martial arts and boxing and mm -hmm. jujitsu. He's kind of like a fan. Obviously he was a wrestler as well. So yeah, he yeah. was like bringing actual insight into what was happening for the most part but then the worst was they had this total sycophant dork true uh commentator that was like doing his best impersonation but he's like just so enamored that he was sitting next to snoop dogg like he could not not be a, a total tool about it so he was he was probably the worst and then so no what about had, dale hoya yeah, dale, dale, dale hoya and he was okay well dale heard, hoya listen he kept calling steve cunningham ussr well De La Hoya was completely, he looked like Papa John uh, mid like binge. Like he was clearly inebriated. Like that's just a guy with like problems, subst substance abuse problems. Um, whereas this dude was just a dork commentator that was just so happy to be sitting next to Snoop Dogg. He was just like, um, I was just like a fawning fanboy sitting there. Uh, but yeah, so, but, but Mario was great. I think Mario is genuinely a pretty, pretty good um person mm -hmm. so that's yeah, cool you had that do. experience but it's like it's funny because like the the whole uh you know snoop i mean basically his whole brand is like oh i'm this chill like rapper guy and i'm cool and i'm calm but like if you're if you're cussing out hotel workers because they don't want to let you smoke weed in their hotel like you're you're just a phony um yeah so yeah um well how how like do you have you obviously you got you got hit pretty hard um are you, you good yeah, I'm good. I mean, yeah, I, I got up and I thought I was ready to fight again. And the referee told me I wasn't ready to fight again. Um, but yeah, I was I was fine. 
And, uh, you know, obviously once they told me I wasn't ready to find, I'm like, okay, I don't need to be here anymore. And I just took off. Um, and then, yeah, then I came home Sunday morning and I'm, I'm good. I'm going to coach. I, I, I took, well, Sunday I was traveling last night. I don't, don't usually coach on Mondays, but starting to coach again tonight. And, uh, we got, we want to talk about this big tournament this weekend. Actually, one of my favorites, U U seventeens, and we is now in Wisconsin this year because of Corona stuff, I guess. And we got a ton of good guys there, so I'm excited for you guys to tell me about all the other good guys coming, in addition yeah. to mine, so we can do some battling. Yeah, the, it's gonna be. Now you're bringing like a huge, huge crew there, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna look. I, the, as of yesterday, we had 22 registered, but I know there was a whole bunch that were not um, registered. And that's U seventeen and U fifteen. Right. Right. So mm -hmm. pretty big. Actually, I really like the U15 division a lot because uh, those 15-year-olds, even if they're really, really good, besides like the bottom two weight classes, it's so hard for them to compete against the 17-year-olds. Mm -hmm. For sure. It's not fair. Yeah, I mean, the the the, mat, the maturity level is so different, um, even yes. if they're the same weight. Um, what One last thing before um, – we turn the page on this, hopefully forever, but probably not. Um, hopefully, for, no, I think it's forever. Yeah, people forget about stuff fast. Yes. Um, well, we will. Um, what do you think? Um, were you surprised how, when you agreed to this, did you think it would reach the the height, the no. pop culture relevance? Would that have changed uh, if you had done it? If you had known it was going to be this this big? No. Um, you know, so I was uh. I actually, I said this on Hawaii yesterday, but it's like when, when you look at it, I, I told you guys there was, or him, or I don't know if we ever really fully discussed it. There was two main reasons I took the bout. Number one, they were offering me a lot of money. Number two, I thought it would be a good time to train and prepare and then go fight somebody because um, I love combat sports. And both of those things were, were true, right? I, I mostly, had, I mean, if Trill had been a little more organized, I probably would have had a great time. Um, their lack of organization made it a little more stressful than I would have liked. Uh, and I, and I made a lot of money. Um, and the, the negative, and this is what a lot of people were trying to tell me not to do it. And the only negative that anyone ever brought to the table was the potential for embarrassment. Mm -hmm. That is not a, that is not a reason for me. I, I am not a coward. Um, and you know, that's one thing. It's like when you guys asked me to wrestle Jordan Burroughs, listen, I went to Lincoln, Nebraska and I trained with Jordan Burroughs for four days straight. I had a really good idea of what the outcome was going to be, but you guys asked me to wrestle Jordan Burroughs. And so I said, yeah, I'm going to take that opportunity. And so like when, when you can't present me with another, um, another reason besides, well, it could potentially be embarrassing. What other good reason was there? There's that, you know, nothing. And so it's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And obviously the biggest possible reason ended up happening. And, and as I told everyone, they may, they may view it a different way, man, life goes on. I'm going to go coach. I'm going to do my podcast this week. I'm going to go coach wrestling tonight and my life's going to move on. And that's just how it goes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, can you think of another negative? No. I mean, they're, they're no, not me personally. Hey, feel free. No. Feel free I, well, my, my only thing is the thing when after, after your Lawler fight, just candidly, I was like, I don't want to watch Ben do this anymore, even though you won, right? Because I was yeah. like, this is just, it's so dangerous. I mean, what he was, you know, that was dangerous. Sure. You won, but it was very dangerous. And then the Masvidal thing, I was like, then I was like, please just don't do this anymore. And, yeah. you know, and then, so the only thing for me is like, you know, 
head damage to your head, right? Yeah. That was really that's, con- that, yeah. That's what I don't want you to endure anymore because yeah. your head is your biggest weapon, and it's why you you are where you are in in this world, in my opinion. So that's one of those where I can't see how boxers do it full time, like for for many many years. They spar so much and. You know, I did it because I, my thing was, hey, I'm only going to be doing this for 11 weeks. So yeah. I might as well just go as hard as I can um, and do it the best. But if these guys do this for years and years and years, like, holy moly, that's, yeah, lots of head trauma. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't like that. And um, Hey, but- Ben, what was the final hole? What did you make? Let us know. Come on, give <laughs> us the juice. He said. I made like uh, 7 million Dogecoin. Yeah, oh, did you buy in? No way. I didn't know. I did not buy I did not buy any Doge. I bought, I bought a lot of Bitcoin yesterday and and today. Um I did buy just small don't let don't tell the Bitcoin maximalist, but I did buy really small amounts of um Uniswap and what was the other one I bought? I'm blanking right now. I have to go look at my wallet. Let me know because I got a lot of Doge money that I'm looking to oh, diversify. Link. Link. Link and <laughs> Link. Yeah, Link yeah. And, and Uniswap, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, um, I think those will likely be the winners in, in DeFi, so decentralized finance, and then um, Link would be an Oracle solution. Are the, are those, I, I'm sorry, are those other cryptocurrencies or are they something else? Well, they're <laughs> cryptocurrencies, but they have a purpose. Okay. So decentralized finance means where you don't need a third-party intermediary, two people essentially trade with each other through liquidity pools, and... Uh, Oracle solutions help bring other information to the blockchains. Ah, liquidity pools. Bracken and I were just talking about liquidity pools this morning. Um, What's Dogecoin do? Oh, man. Uh, nothing. That's why I don't really like it. It's a distraction. No, people love dogs. You're crazy. <laughs> I know. That's why it's a distraction. This is what I'm telling nah, you. This nah, is what I told Porter. Porter asked just, me about Dogecoin. Honestly, did you I, give him crap back about Bitcoin? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, he actually said, so I actually said the reason he's, he's going so hard in on me is because I've been harassing him about selling Bitcoin at 11000 um, for months now. And uh, he said, that's not the case. I actually really like you, and I like you crypto people. Um, and then we you know, kept talking after that. And then we ended up talking about Bitcoin and Dogecoin. And Dogecoin, I think, is a distraction for... Uh, so, uh, Ali, if you want me to really tell you, I think um, Bitcoin specifically, um, but so it brings... Freedom to humanity that humanity's never seen before, if you really go deep and understand it. And I would like people to go deep and understand it. I think Dogecoin is this cute little dog and people make memes of it. And it gets uh, it's a huge distraction from what the real purpose of crypto is. Hmm. I don't know, man. Did you ever see a dog and feel good inside? That's what Dogecoin <laughs> does for people. <laughs> and you're just uh, like you weren't feeling as good when it was worth 0.07 cents, Ollie. Just for the record, what happened? He's feeling good right now. You weren't feeling that good when it was worth. Uh, 0.07 what did I sell? Cents. No, you didn't. Diamond hand, cash <laughs> out. <laughs> you should cash out now, though. Have, did you cash out some? Be honest. Don't nope. lie. Nope. Wow. Diamond. <laughs> you're really, you're really riding this out. Well, hey, I, I, I used that fifty dollars when I bought Dogecoin, saying this is going to change my life. <laughs> A couple hundred bucks doesn't change my wow. life. Uh oh! Just wait until it's the same as Bitcoin. I got six hundred and nineteen of them, some bitches. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, you're ridiculous. Can I, can I say one more thing about ben, Ben's fight? No, just yeah, something that done. Time has been uh, irking me since it ended. Is people trying oh. to say this like 
is going to um, impact your legacy in wrestling. And I think that is unbelievably stupid, um, considering this is this was a celebrity boxing match and had absolutely nothing to do with wrestling. It doesn't yeah. change what you did on the mat, uh, the impact you had on the sport, and the impact you're going to continue to have with your academy. And I find it really hard to... Uh, f- how these two things relate to one another, but I saw a lot of people say that on Twitter, like respectful people in wrestling, and that blew my mind. It's just unbelievably well, stupid. I'll give you my opinion on that. So number one, I, I don't think legacies. I think legacy is actually a counterproductive thing for people to think about while they're while they're in the moment to think about how are people going to think about this thirty to fifty years from now. It's like not a good thing to think about. Um, and then number two, obviously, because I'm significantly opinionated, there's probably a lot of people in wrestling who don't really like me or or want to see me fail. And I don't want to say I, I lived in a glass house, but I didn't have a lot of negatives, right? This is probably one of the biggest negatives of my life. And so the second they got the opportunity to throw a few rocks at the glass house, they they did, you know? Yeah, I did so, see some of fine. that. I, I mostly got Humanity. off 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 of twitter afterwards because i knew it would, it would not be uh very be pro real. ben um i just don't i struggle you, to understand how this made wrestling look bad well they they, they don't, they don't think that they don't really think that they're just they're looking for some it's just what ben said it's just they're looking yeah. for something to associate back to wrestling to take shots at ben they don't actually believe it if they do they have really low iq yeah. yes um all right 26 guys time. registered for this weekend Let's UW, go. UW, U15, U7. And then that'd be in the free, in the freestyle section. Um, I know a handful of our guys are doing Greco, even though we don't do too much Greco. You don't do some of them are kind of some of them are kind of really good at it, even though we don't practice a ton. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what to say. Um, did you watch the Ultimate Duels? No, of course not. Um, but uh, I followed a little bit. It was it was a man. There were, ended up being a lot of. A lot of hammers there. M2 ended up winning uh, against Team Shut. They had a really close duel with Seabolt, I believe. Um, I think it was I, one point. Yeah. I was not aware of these duels coming into the last couple weeks, and then they ended up having a ton of ton of monsters there. But the, I, the biggest storyline out of it was Shane Van Ness taking two losses to Alanis and Chance Lamer, um, which you know I would not have expected. Um, did you watch yes. any of the matches? I didn't watch any of the matches. I, I saw those results. And, and listen, those guys are both really good. Yes. Um, but uh, the but is that, I mean, just last week we were talking about Shane Van Ness coming in and having an impact at the NCAA Division One level uh, for, for Penn State. And that's this. so this isn't saying he's not going to be good. It's just saying, hey, he's probably not going to be that good that fast. Right. Is, what it points I, to. I don't know what it means exactly. Um, I'll say watching – I didn't watch the Lan, the Lamer match. Uh, I know Chance Lamer's super good. But the Alanis match, I just thought you, – you just saw in Shane, like, all right, he's he's really good. I thought he over-wrestled in some positions. And, like, once he was down that initial four, I thought, you know, he started to make some mistakes that I wouldn't have expected him to make. Mm-hmm. Um I am ultimately no more or less bullish on him as a as a D one prospect. Maybe. Wait, but what about for next year? I w- I wonder. P- part of me thinks he was at too low a weight wrestling down at sixty three. I feel like he's not a sixty three kilogram guy. And... Yeah, because because you guys had him at one. Well, not, I don't know who I don't know who made the list, but someone had him one hundred fifty seven pounds. Uh, that was well. I think he'll eventually 
I think it's very reasonable that he'll get Literally. there at some point. Um, I don't 63 know. 63 about... is what's that? What weight is that, Christian? Well, 140, 139. It's like 139. Um, 63 math. kilograms is uh, 138.8. Okay. So that's that's light. I think he's probably a 49.57. Yeah. He wrestled at 65 at the last chance uh, qualifier. So I don't know. Maybe it was the weight. Maybe, but I'm not trying to make an excuse for why he why he lost. That's a that's a theory. There's theories, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think over the the long term Ben Alanis is going to be better than than Shane Van Ness. So I have to look for other mm-hmm. reasons for why that loss may have happened. Chance Lamer, it remains to be seen. He could. He's he's really really good. Um, yes. And Alanis and- is a honey badger. This is a guy who when. Shane, actually, ironically, when Shane was out at who's number one, Alanis wanted in, but he knew he didn't have, like, the ranking credentials to get in. So he saw yeah. that Jesse Mendez was entered in a tournament uh, mm. some weeks before, and so he, like, booked a ticket to go there and hopefully beat Mendez so he could get on who's number one. He lost, I think, in overtime. He went to Sun Victory. Went yeah. to Sun Victory, but lost <laughs> to Mendez. Um, so that's just kind of his mentality. So I kind of, um, and he's going to Northern well, Colorado, I believe. Mm-hmm. What is Atlantis ranked right now? Currently, he's 86 on the big board. I don't know weight wise what he's. What that he's big board hasn't been board. updated in a long time too. So yeah. he's obviously going to move up. Um, I'm not. Oh, sure hey, you is. know a big surprise from? I meant to bring this up back when it happened. Because um, I, I just clicked on the high school rankings. Uh, you do not have him ranked at 145. He's at um, 138. He's ninth. Okay, a real a kid who and he jumped he jumped way up in your rankings. Hunter Garvin, I had no idea he was so good. Um, dude, he had a crazy path at USA Folkstyle Nationals, and he was really impressive. I don't know much about Hunter Garvin. Yeah, but he's, so he's all the way up to number four. I'll, I'll read. I'll read, I'm gonna read this path for you to winning Folkstyle Nationals. Okay, give me one second. Uh, Folkstyle Nationals. Here we go. Okay. Um, so second round, he had Tommy Curran, who he, he came when Illinois was closed. He came up a little bit this summer. He's very good. He ended up placing his tournament. And I want to say committed to maybe UNC. Then the next round, he had Alec Martin from St. Paris, yeah. who's really, really freaking good. Um, and then he actually he actually had two of my kids, which is why I was paying attention so closely. So he had uh, a kid named Josh Cherba. And then he had a kid named Cash Stewart, who those, they're both really tough. And then in the finals, he had Jordan Williams, who's really good. So, I mean, th- his path was, like, really, really good. Man, that is super impressive. Uh, yeah. Is he going? Is he wrestling uh, this week? Or is he a junior? junior uh, so he's a junior in high school, which means if they're an old junior, they're going to be too old. If they're a young junior, they can wrestle. Got it. So, Got it. You know, I don't know which one he is. Understood. Um, okay, so that that was um, any other notable results from uh, Ultimate Duels? That oh, um, f- uh, who was it that lost? Was it Feldman? I'm not sure. Nick, oh, Nick no. Feldman? No, not Nick. Who Feldman. Did he lose to? Christian Carroll lost. Christian Carroll. Mm. Um, that was a pretty big surprise. Um, I believe I got that right. Uh, so where to next? Um. We U15, can talk U seventeens. Yeah, U fifteen, U seventeens. Um, excited for this event. You know, we're it's at the Dells, and we we've been talking a lot about this tournament and just how what a, a launching point it is for so many of wrestling's current superstars. Especially now, you think yes. about Gable, Dayton, 
Spencer. Uh, mm-hmm. Even I remember David Carr wrestling here and all these other guys. So it's a RBY. RBY was um, always there. Yes, yes. So it's a it's a really it's an awesome tournament, and um, you're going to see a ton of these guys wrestling at the Division One level, winning national titles. And so looking at some of the tougher weights, I, uh, talking with with Bray. 51 and 55 look like the two toughest. 51 having Mark Anthony McGowan, uh, Nate Jessaroga, Vinny Kilcary, among others. Really tough weight class. 55, Kale Hughes, Corey Land, Mason Gibson, who's a guy we've, we've talked about a ton, but, among others. What? Hey, so where are you guys seeing this, um, the, the roster of like really good guys? Do you have a list for me? I will put it in the doc for you. Okay, cool. I was going to say, because I can't follow along. There you go. Um, Thank those you. are those are basically all the all the entries. So there's there's other names in there as well. Yeah. Um, our our guys, uh, uh, Sam Herring's in the mix. Um, have you, yeah. He's have pretty you... good. I saw him at a tournament this winter. Um, at uh, you know he was at it was it was kind of annoying because high, Wisconsin High School wrestling was happening, but there was a, a 15U tournament, which means freshmen can be in there, and he was, you know, I was I was on a pennsylvania team maybe and mm-hmm. uh they they freaking murdered everybody <laughs> yeah i bet uh, yeah sam's sam's very tough um I, i'm excited to watch these uh this bo bassett mm-hmm. have you been hearing about this guy yeah bo bassett one time he cheated on a count on me uh when we did a workout together like four years ago <laughs> <laughs> cheated on a count what does that mean? You know, his, his dad's got his dad's got that workout facility, and I taught it to camp at Young Guns with Jody. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Hey, I need to get a workout in or something." I think I was actually retired, but I just wanted to get a workout in because I was mm-hmm. working out. And so, um, I'm uh, Will. What's his dad's name right now? I'm playing right now. I'm not Matthew's sure. Dad. Okay, Bo and Keegan's dad. I think it's Will. Uh, but uh, forgive me if I'm wrong. Uh, Bill. It's Bill. That's what it is. So, anyways, I said, "Hey, can you go open it up?" But I, so I can get a workout in, you know. And I said, yeah, let's go. And so his kids worked out with me. Uh, Bo, and I mean, this is 2000, I don't know, a long time ago, 17 maybe, something to that effect. So he's nine. And, uh, nine or, he's about nine or 10 at that point. Yeah, he's a long time ago. And so, you know, we were doing box jump and rope climbing. They were really good for their age. But uh, I kept messing with them that they, they were cheating on the count. They weren't doing as many as we were supposed to be doing in the workout. And they, <laughs> they were getting so mad. <laughs> and I was laughing so hard, you because they're like, I want to say like, yeah, nine and 10 or something to that effect. Uh, but yeah, their dad's got a really cool setup there. He he does the, um, uh, what is it called? The compound, mm-hmm. which is confusing because mm-hmm. yeah. I know there's a compound in Georgia also, but it's not the same thing. Everyone just names their thing compound. Yeah. It's a big thing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it is. Oh, so that's, I mean, I've, okay. I've, yes. I've heard a lot of people name their clubs compound or whatever. Yeah. It just sounds okay. cool. Which it does. It, does, it sounds it, awesome. It does sound kind of cool. So yeah, so I, I worked out with them, and then and Jody. Not to put any pressure on these kids, I hate saying this type of stuff, but Jody said, "Yo, uh, man, they, they, these kids kind of. I feel like I'm gonna have them coming along in a few years, and they're gonna be pretty special." Well, it's funny you say that because when I uh, when I did went to Pennsylvania for Spencer Lee and Gavin Teasdale's commitment, secret I went to commitment, secret commitment. Now, um, yes, this would be com- like the exact same time. Yes, yeah, so this was 2016, like April 2016, and I'm I, I go to a Young Guns practice. I'm shooting some of that. I'm just shooting Spencer and Gavin, like after the commitment. And Jody's like, "Hey, you should interview this kid, Bo Bassett. He's um, 
you just interview him. Mm. He's probably going to be really good. So I did an interview with him. He's uh, nine at this point in third grade. And, and it's kind of funny now looking back that I, I know for a fact I didn't think anything of that. I'm like, you know, but Jody really? obviously – yeah. Well, I didn't watch when him Jody wrestle. Said, when Jody says something, you think think of who Jody's had come through his club. When Jody says something, you're like, I know, okay. but I I know it's not that I didn't believe him. It's just you know huh. I didn't watch him wrestle or anything. If I did, I probably would have saw, saw he was unbelievable. But to me, all I saw was a third grader, just a kid with you know his teeth were he had like new teeth coming in, and it's like you know I I just. I, I'm not around youth wrestling, especially at that point. I was around no youth wrestling to even think about a kid being that good at wrestling so young. Mm-hmm. But certainly Jody knows the, the signals better than I do. So it was, it was kind of yeah. funny looking back on that interview. And now, you know, I, I just – it just seems – and I watched this kid. So Mike did – I forget what that event was in New Jersey, but Mike shot yeah. one of Bo's matches, and he's just – he's ridiculous. So I yes. – it's hard to imagine a scenario where we're not talking about Bo Bassett for the next five to ten years in his, his wrestling career, right? He's only a – what grade is he in now? Is he an eighth grader? Uh, I, I want to say once – well, so with, Bo's the older one, then Keegan's the young one. Is that yes. that's correct? Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for Bo, a while. Bo did not wrestle good, like you know, Pennsylvania States or anything, um, so he's, I, I, I'm sure he's an eighth grader. Yeah, I did disagree with their dad strongly. He he had the thing like make him good as soon as possible, which is kind of um, a little bit the opposite of how I think about things. That you know we're gonna be good eventually if we just do all the right things. And uh, but his but at the same time, like he's really smart, well balanced, and his his arguments are well thought out. So I, I you know I respect the way he thinks about things. Um, and you know he is doing it with his kids, and then they've gotten a whole bunch of other kids to now move into. Uh, yeah. What is their high school? That they're all going to go Forest to Forest Hills. No, that's a middle school. It's um, isn't it's, it? Uh, it's a Bishop Bishop McCourt, Bishop McCourt. right? Oh, okay. Bishop yeah. McCourt. Is well, what's Forest Hills? District? Is that so, the name of the school district? I want to think. For- I want to say that's the the middle school that they go to, right? I mean, there's a Forest Hills High School, but I don't I don't know if they're going to go there. Okay, I think they're going to Bishop McCourt, but yeah, I, mean, I do too. He's I got a lot of people right, to man. buy in to the uh, you know, the philosophy of the the thing, and so it was in seventh grade, by the way. Okay, but isn't Sam Herring? Didn't Sam Herring move there from like Tennessee? He did. So they're getting kids all the way in from Tennessee. Yeah, this is what happens. People yeah. wanna. Um, yeah, I understand it. So okay, I well now that you you brought it up about um, you know Bo's dad and kind of his opinions on on development. What is mm-hmm. the counterpoint to getting a kid good early? Um. So the the counterpoint um, would be that his so his dad and whether he knows it or not has a really good understanding of sports psychology and the way to speed to kids and the way to, way to talk to kids mm-hmm. and, and that that type of thing um, and obviously he's kind of been able to control the environment since birth right because he's their father um, right. whereas when we get a kid or kids in um, like I I will be able to control Ozzy's development all the way right and. Um, and other kids, you don't know what they've been into. So essentially, my take on the whole thing is I'm trying to provide wrestling to as many people as possible. And then as they get older, I'm going to, you know, try to turn it up on them. But in those early ages, it's like it's like the frog in the pot of water. If it's boiling right away, the frog's going to jump out. But if you slowly turn it up, then you get to cook the frog. And so that's kind of my whole take on it is if 
these kids come in right away. And this is, this is my take on why wrestling, I mean, has a 59% retention rate is because people, they throw the kids into boiling water. Mm-hmm. And, but if you just slowly cook them, you can get them bought into the sport of wrestling and then they can have, you know, ultimate success eventually. Um, and you also keep more, more kids around and they have a great experience. And, you know, the, the thing we all talk about with wrestling, but most youth coaches want to neglect it is the fact that we all say the things that you get out of wrestling that are most valuable aren't the trophies. It's the work ethic. It's the discipline. It's the self-reliance. It's all these things. And so my goal is to give as many kids as possible those experiences and then obviously hopefully have eventually some of them be really great. So your your thought, I mean, I've always understood your basic perspective is like, you know, if there's too much burnout early with these kids and they don't mm-hmm. like it. But I, I guess you're saying there's, there's exceptions in that you can develop the love of the sport and high level skill with some, but it needs to be it needs to be what sort of controlled by the parent more so than them dropped in an environment. Yeah. So if, okay. So like, for example, my kid, um, and and again, this comes from the parents, right? Every kid doesn't have the same experience growing up. So when some kid comes in at age eight or age 10 and they may be down like a year or two at their local youth club and they're just not that tough. They're not very good at wrestling. If you just say go and you wrestle live for 45 minutes, they're going to say, Holy, I mean, I literally, so, I don't want to give all my secrets away for our club, but we have this app that the first time someone comes in and visits, it sends a text message that, Hey, this is Ben. How was your first day type of thing? Right. Mm -hmm. And we had a kid that said, Hey, well, you know, it was mostly really good. Your coach did a great job, but then they got paired with someone and he hated it. He doesn't, he doesn't want to come back. It's like, we literally did like four, four minutes of live wrestling that day. Like with our little kids class, that's what we Mm do. And the kid hated it. Now think about if that was 30 minutes, they really are, you know, so they're going to come back, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't a good experience. So, but like with say the Bassets, like I'm sure their dad and, you know, I know this with my kids, they're a little tougher because I've asked them to do hard things and I, I rough house with them around the house, you know, I get mm-hmm. physical with them and whatnot. Um, and so then when they're dropped into that environment, it's a little tougher. They're going to be significantly more prepared for it. And then if they have that hard day someday, when I actually really start turning it up on them, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there to say, Hey, it's fine. Listen, that that stuff happens sometimes. It's no big deal. And a lot of parents don't know how to do that to their kids. And I'm saying whether whether Mr. Bassett knows it or not, like I saw him conveying those messages to his kids when I spent time with them. Yeah. You know, and just I saw him parenting the right way. And not all kids have that experience. So that's kind of my whole take on it. Um, And then, you know, so then if I if I take that a step further, the other thing I see about this is a kid like a kid like Connor Thorpe. He literally never stepped on a wrestling mat till he was in the sixth grade. And even at, at that point, he was significantly overweight and not, and very unathletic. And now over the course of the time, like he, he has, he's going division one, he's won a state title. He's placed in the top three, all four times he's placed at Folkstyle nationals. Like he's really good. And that was accomplished over the course of six years. That was it. So we can, we don't have to start that early. We can do it later. You know, uh, a counterpoint to your point. Um, Go for it. Not really a counterpoint, I guess, because your point is still holds. But not everyone is in the environment that, or even has the. I'm just thinking about my son, basically, right now. And yeah. <laughs> go for it. I he just is not going to have the access to the a club like your club or, or coaches yeah. like your coaches, and so. 
I can see how some parents can be like, okay, well, I got to get my kids some more because, you know, I watch, you know, I watch Caleb practice and I watch, you know, things and I know I have a hard time not being the dad, uh, the dad that wants to, that's a former coach. It's like, I know what he's not doing right. And I want to get in there and I want to talk to him. And I just, I just sit there and just kind of letting the thing. I don't think there's any. Anything wrong with you trying to talk to? I mean, especially if it's the right way. Well, I want to. No, you don't understand. I want to like. I want to get up out of my chair and walk over there, and and tell him to get his hands down and stop reaching and stop. You know, you know the 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 mistakes he's making. I want to correct them right there. Um, And I don't. And I know, like at the end of a practice, he is like, he's done. Like he's he's ready to talk about the Astros and like. Oh, well, then you got to let him go. Yeah. yeah. So I just let, so I'm like, not talking about it, and I'll wait a day and then we'll talk about it. And he remembers everything so we can have a, a decent conversation about things and go over it. But um, I, I can understand why parents, especially if you know what good looks like, good wrestling looks like, and you know what bad wrestling looks like, it's like you're like, okay, I want to get, I want to get more involved and, and take mm-hmm. those steps. And that's, that's me who absolutely knows like, <laughs> The, uh, the destructive path that's going to make a kid hate wrestling yeah. um, and trying to avoid that. So it's, it's a, it's a tough, tough balance trick. So my point is like, not everyone has access to the things that you have. If I could sure, just send, send my kid to your place, it'd be a lot different. You can, I mean, eventually people will start moving here. I mean, we really haven't had anyone move in to this point. Um, but you know, when they start seeing what, Keegan's doing and what Parker's doing. And then we have this really, I believe we have this tidal wave of really, really good kids coming. Um, I believe they will start moving here, which will then just add to the tidal wave. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I, I will not be moving to Wisconsin, move unfortunately. Here. You need to move. No. Just yeah, send you move Caleb, here. Do, the way I, do a Mark Perry and I, just send Caleb there. I just send Caleb there for. I don't yeah. see how, I don't see how, like, what, but you starting them early. If there's no access to anything early, how's that going to help? Whether it's, you don't see what I'm saying? Like, if there's no access, there's no access. But I actually think you do have access. Like, if I were you, I would pay Kyle Bracky to do like a private lesson once a week with uh, Caleb, and oh, you know, maybe maybe you'll get a few more good wrestlers along the way. Just come in, you know, and just do that kind of thing, and and maybe eventually you uh, build a club out of it. I've actually thought about that. What about um, me? Yeah. I'll get him on the heavyweight uh, the heavyweight hand. <laughs> He'll teach him the techniques, it's the small finite finite details of heavyweight <laughs> yes. hand fighting. And then Ben said he's not that big, but that's a part of it. The Ali bolt job, mac and cheese, <laughs> will have it flowing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. If my son got big, uh, that'd be hilarious. You get him Bader's gas tank. I don't. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, Bader's I, gas I, tank. Ollie's hand fighting. Uh, Bracky's competitive spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, JD's mustache. JD's mustache, oh Spay's gosh. haunch power. Oh my oh, gosh, we had, could build the perfect wrestler. Yeah. If he had Spay's haunch power, it's over. He let's. Here's wow. the funny thing. He's got the haunch power. He's got. <laughs> he has, he's he, got that. He's got huge freaking legs. His baseball pants. We have to like get a size up. That doesn't make sense. It looks like he's wearing freaking spandex or something <laughs> tight around him. Oh, um, that's too funny. He got he got powerful haunches. Oh, uh, so he's ready to become a heavyweight. He he really it's is. It's like when it's like a dog, uh, puppy when you see they they got big paws. It's yeah. Like, oh, he's gonna do some growing. Yeah, he's got he's got giant legs. Um, anyway, yeah, I uh, we'll, we'll turn up the heat on Caleb soon enough. We, first thing yeah. we got. I feel some. like I feel like we might be boring people with our discussion of how to get good at wrestling or most of these. And stuff. Most of people, well, I don't care. Um, most of people. Are you th- are you think they might want to listen? Well, 
People are very interested in this topic. I know each time we talk about it, we get a lot of questions about it and feedback. Well, think about it, Ben. Mo- most of many of the um, people listening have kids or have a, somewhat of an interest in development. Also, it's not it's not me talking from my from an expert perspective. It is an actual expert talking about yeah. coaching expertise and having a perspective that is unique. So I think that it's yeah. interesting. Um, well, I mean, and it, give me give me a few more years, and I think like I think people, I think part obviously Parker and Keegan kind of kicked down the door for us a little bit with the success they had this year, uh, but I think a lot of people are still skeptical of our, the approach that we have here. Um, but like I said, I think there's this kind of tidal wave of kids coming, and you know we're gonna have a lot of kids. I think we had five Division One NCAA qualifiers this year. I was hoping we'd have six or seven. And then I think, you know, I think it's just going to kind of, they were all freshmen or sophomores. So I think it's just going to keep expanding the next few years. What, you know, I know a decent amount Keegan and his development. What was Parker's path kind of like? Parker was terrible. Good. Nice. For, this guy, for, he never won. He, he never won a U state title. Uh, he, but he was really into baseball until I want to say seventh uh, or eighth grade. He, um, he took fourth place at the state tournament in eighth grade. Not very good. Um, right for a U State tournament, mm-hmm. and then freshman year he finally he plays high school. So he took like sixth, I think. So he was like really starting to like get better at that point. But then even then he still never placed at a national tournament. I want to say he didn't. He was like I think he lost to Jeremiah, and he always lost to Jeremiah Kent Aaron Brooks constantly. Oh. Um, so I don't think he ever plays at UWW Cadets. So to that point, you're already 17 by the time you don't place there. Um. And then I think the next year after that was, I believe, his breakout year. So I think he placed at juniors, um, and then obviously placed at UWW juniors. So I think that was kind of like his, his. So his breakout came when he was um, an eighteen-year-old, I believe. So um, what are are there certain kids that need that that if they don't have that early success or early development that they you think maybe they, they just might never make it to the top, or are there some that because like some of the like Keegan and and Parker were like I guess you could say quote slow developers, but maybe that's not really true. But are there some that need that early push to get to the next level? Uh, so I, I I don't see I don't I, no I don't see it I, and I don't think so. Um, you know and I I know other people hold contrasting viewpoints, but I think we can point at enough arguments to say like that if you're a good early, you can be good late, but you don't have to be good early to be good late. Does that make sense? Yes. Like whether whether you're good or not when you're younger, you still can be good later. And and I really think, and not that we can run multiple experiments in the same kid, but I think lots of those kids who have certain qualities are in certain environments, even if they wouldn't have had success early, they probably still would have had success later. You just need to do human experiments on identical twins. That's as close as you can possibly get. We, we have these identical twins that are freshmen that are savages. You're going to see them this weekend. Oh, experiment. really? Let's start experimenting. Start experimenting yeah. with them. Yeah. They uh they won state as a freshman at 170. They beat one well they beat one they beat one of our in kids. high school state. Yeah, and they beat one of our kids in the semis who was really good, and then they beat another one of our kids in the finals who was really good. We had five. They wrestled at the same. At, like, at they that wrestled way. together as a unit. What are their names? How did, how did they both beat uh, these kids? Cole Cole and Connor Mirasola. They did not wrestle. The other one wrestled 182 because he couldn't wrestle 170 because his brother was there because uh, they're twins on the same team, Ali. Uh, but they, yeah, they're, they're they're really good. They man, they work their butts off. Um, pretty sharp. Yeah, they're gonna be kids. big, I guess, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, one seventy, one eighty two as a freshman. Yeah, 
Jeez. Well, if they need some hand fighting details, I yeah. guess. Bring them on through <laughs> to Ali's hand what, fighting. What are you Max, Max loves hand fighting. Max loves hand fighting. Really? Yeah, uh-huh. Oh, I guess you don't need me then. Wow. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> really shut me down on Ollie's trying to do is help. And, yeah. You're and, the tech expert, Ollie. All right. Yeah, yeah, we'll move Ollie. We'll move Ollie to Wisconsin. No, uh, yeah, we have those two. They're freshmen. We have a ton of good kids at uh, specifically. I think seventy-one kilograms and eighty kilograms. I think we're going to have like in those two, just in those two weight classes. I think we have like eight or nine kids who I think will probably eventually go D one. Oh wow! Dang yeah. man. Well, I think uh, I, I think it's funny okay. how you're like. Uh, how you're kind of slow playing yourself like maybe in four years i can talk authoritatively about things it's kind of funny because it's like well i want to be the best before i talk authoritatively otherwise there's too many counterpoints yeah i i guess i think it's i think it's in my opinion it's, so, it's sort of established but um yeah i your yet, humility is yeah i like it i like it so, so we okay. gotta talk some more about these weight classes because i, I want to hear especially like, th those two weight classes i talked about actually it's 60 our best kid at 60 is Grayson Clark. He's he's really good. He won the Folk Style Nationals. Um, so who's who's who are some really good kids there? Well, Ryder Block is the one that stands out to me. He he's beat um, he beat Drake Ayala this year in the regular season before losing to Drake at the uh, at the Iowa State tournament. Um, what do you know about Jace Roller? I mean, I assume of the uh, be Shane's of, kid, right? Gotta be right. It is. Yeah. Um, he's, I think I might have covered him a bit on one of my uh, Reno trips. He's been, if I if I remember correctly, he's been in and out of the rankings. He's obviously won a bunch of the the roller events, which um, has all these kids at it when they're when they're younger. Um, yeah, he's a stud. Mm -hmm. uh, Bo Mantanona, aka Bo Montana. He's in the mix. He's the brother of That's uh, be... Anthony and Ant Man. Okay. Ant Man, little Troy, Ant Man, Troy Ant Man. This is the this is the tiny Ant Man. Uh, so those those guys stick out. Um, JJ oh, McComas. Oh, Angelo Ferrari is the next wave. Oh my gosh. Oh, I thought so. You even kind of you didn't have a space there, so I thought that was that weight class. Mission Operation. If you refresh, that should be fixed now, Ben. I noticed that when we were okay. going through it. Got Meyer it. Shapiro. I know him. Uh, Pearson Manville, our boy. Mm -hmm. he, uh, I remember, uh, what year was that? Like, it was literally 2014 like or 15. Yeah. It would have had to have been 2015. But Pearson, we were like at Fargo. We just like sat on the stage and worked from there. And Pearson was running around. I think uh, he was the like Matt Tapper. He was a tapper. And he would just come mm. over and sit and talk with us whenever Ch he wasn't tapping. Chugging Mountain Dew. Yeah. Just like a, just a funny <laughs> little kid. Now it's funny. He's like 65 uh. kilos. I know, I know our guy Jude Swisher is going to be in the mix at 65 because I talked to him yesterday. So he's not registered. He's not on yet. the list, though. I know, but that just speaks to registration. Registrations are not full at this point in time. Hmm. So, so yeah. we're at 310 people for Cadet Freestyle. How much? I mean, like, what what are they expecting? How much bigger is it going to get? I would. I bet you had another hundred or so. Hmm. I would think. Yeah. So should be should be a pretty, I think it'll actually be pretty competitive. Sixty five. I'm noticing some other kids. So Micah Hanau, all right, he's really tough. We've competed against him some. Um, Logan Swa, S W A W, and Lars M Michelson or Michelson, those guys are both really tough. I know we've competed against them a whole bunch. Okay. Um, Micah Hanau. I'm not familiar with him, but I guess that a. I think I'm pretty sure he's a Donahoe kid. Oh, okay. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. They have a lot of, they got a lot of uh, hammers. So yeah, it should yeah. be should be exciting. Um, we have a bunch of preview content set to come out about that, uh, about about cadets and U15s. I now U15s a a new sort of uh, age group or whatever that you was, know or used to not be attached to uh, um to Akron. I want to say it's like four years old. Yeah. Right or three years old? I, I mean, guess I've never um, been in a tournament with U15. Um, uh, I want to say so. Maybe maybe it's only two years old. You know, because I know Grayson Clark, I believe, made a 15U team, and that was I think the first year they decided to do it. So maybe that was only two years ago. Okay. Yeah. So I like it's, that. It's age, pretty new. Yeah, 15U. That's um, the older eighth graders or younger ninth graders essentially, and like I said, those guys. Besides the, the the smaller couple weight classes, generally those guys can't compete against um, uh, really compete very well against seventeen year olds. Seventeen year olds are just too mature, or too strong. Yeah, why isn't our our, our man Sam Herring at at U fifteen? He's definitely U fifteen. Seems like if he he's not be... in high school. He'd have to be unless he. Uh, the only way you're not if you're not in high school, the only way you're not U fifteen is if you did a double red shirt and you're wrestling like cadets. Okay, so it's just I don't that. know. I, I, that's what I would imagine it is. I mean, why? Yeah, I would think just try to make the team because I mean, once you make a, once you make one of these teams, you start having access to more resources and and getting opp- more opportunities from USA Wrestling. So I've advised any of my guys who have the ability to to wrestle their age division. Yes, I advise all children to try to make the team if you can. Um, but yeah, who else was I going to tell you? I had someone else in mind to tell you guys about. Oh, I remember who I was going to ask you guys about. Because I do not see him. Oh, he is. Man, I must have missed him. Uh, I was going to ask about Gabe Arnold because that's that weight we have the couple tough kids at. And uh, I believe he's probably the best of the best at that weight class, right? Yeah. I mean, he's what is he on the big board? He's like top five on the he's big really board. Yeah, the he's big really board. good. Yeah, he's really good. Jaden's cousin, I believe. I think they're cousins, yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's super good. I, I would be surprised if he has uh, any real – challenge here in this in this tournament he's kind of hmm. separated himself uh, but i don't know i mean i i know obviously way more about college and international than i do the high school ranks yeah. um but i've watched gabe arnold and it seems like he'll be a pretty tremendous favorite here yeah, he's very good yes indeed number okay. two currently on the yeah, big board. number two behind cody chittam um and sophomores just, yes Sophomore big board, mm. class wow. of twenty three. So yeah, he's gonna be uh, gonna be one of the guys. Okay, so hey, um, we talked about we'll talk more about cadets uh, tomorrow, I'm sure. But we talked about this this Dustin Kilgore Logan Brown match, and oh my goodness, I you know I my memory was just this is the chippiest, dirtiest match of all time. But sometimes you know you can romanticize things or you know remember incorrectly or over exact it's maybe worse than oh. i remembered how bad no, hold on someone had a great answer to what we struggled with on i don't know if it was thursday or wednesday or when the heck it was uh uh the opposite of recency bias and someone says nostalgia and that that's i believe that's the correct answer we didn't come up with that no, someone it's came up with primacy that. effect is what it is primacy because nostalgia is like really so Recency bias is just that because something happened more recently, you are uh, you are biased to think that thing is going to happen again. 
But like that's not what nostalgia is. Nostalgia is like longing for something, a time in the past. Like I'm hmm. nostalgic for the time be before the internet and before everyone was well, just so looking I've, at their phones. So primacy well, I feel effect, like that's right. I feel like people are nostalgic no. about how good people were in their era. Like it's your era, so you're nostalgic about the era and it's so much better and I feel like you kind of give it a boost. So I thought that was right. Let's hear about primacy effect. So the primacy effect is exactly this. It is the tendency to remember the first piece of information we encounter better than the information presented later on. That's exactly mm. what that means. That's not what nostalgia, that's not what nostalgia means. Yeah, I, I felt like nostalgia fits because I feel like people do get nostalgic about the eras they were in, but I think For that sure. works out. Primacy works also. You know who hit us up about that, Ben, don't you? I forget. Uh -uh. Uh, Matt Pallas, the former All-American oh, at Indiana. Indiana. He's a professor of psychology now. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. I heard awesome. somebody else say the opposite was the gambler's fallacy, though. What's the gambler's fallacy? The gambler's fallacy is I'm reading. It's like you. the next dice roll is more than likely to be six because there hasn't been that many sixes. Mm. That type of thing. Like, oh, it's due. It's due. So one of that those things like, oh, these. a winning streak's going on. It's not recency bias because I think they're going to win again. I think they're going to lose because they've been doing so much of that. So I think you just I mean, want to talk about gambling personally. I don't. I don't. I saw a tweet. <laughs> I, aren't we man, I don't remember who at all who tweeted it. But I wanted but to bring up that point because if he's watching, he's thinking, no, gambler's fallacy. So I don't I feel like it can... is gambler's fallacy. I, I feel like what we were talking about was um, our ability, maybe ability or maybe an ability, but us remembering stuff that happened in the past as better than what it was. That's what okay. we we're talking about, right, Christian or Kyle? Yes, yes. Uh, okay. Which, all right, yeah. nostalgia, make me have to be some gambling degenerate. Fallacy, something it was like just that. March Madness. <laughs> did by Dogecoin. Dogecoin. <laughs> well, that's going to change my life. That's not a gamble. It could. It's the sharest thing there is. Oh, God. What are you up to now? How much money do you have in Doge? And then we'll watch Logan Brown stab. Um, I don't even know if it's, I don't know if the whole gimmick is real that he's been talking about. I'm still not you want, sure. You want to see? I don't, I don't oh, see. I, I would just show you my, my thing. I don't know if like somebody could steal all my info. Wasn't it yesterday Doge Day or something? T uh, today is Doge Day. Uh, no, today's Fort Stop. And they tried to make it the same. You can't oh, okay. make it the same. You got to have your own day. Yeah, I mean, I, we're getting blaze. We're getting blaze baked today. We're not yeah. doing doge today. Yeah. Well, and, oh my I mean, you pet Kyle, you this get is child-friendly programming. What do you think this is? <laughs> yeah, you, you talked about. You know, only one of us has talked about their marijuana experience on this yeah. show. Of course, yours was accidental. I went from fifty never to two hundred and forty dollars of equity. How much? Nice. Ollie? See, Lo, now you're believing in <laughs> me. I'll, I'll tell you what. You should have invested a little more, but you see this. Zoom in on that. We're getting tight. Oh no! Oh Look wow! At that. We see that's it. That's Doge. <clears throat> up and to the left, baby. That looks like no. The that's right. like straight right? up. It's like vertical. Well, yeah, right. up and to the right. <laughs> <laughs> I know all the stock of directions and left and right and stuff. He that's said, oh god, Ollie. He oh, said god. up and to the left. <laughs> all right. Oh, I thought there was a mirror thing going on. Selfies. I but think we way. should start having a section called financial advice with Oliver Stone. Well, I, we, I also oh, need help from our fans later um, with something uh, we were talking about earlier. Um, but uh -oh. we can roll on. No, nah, it's pretty fun. But We'll get to that after we'll get this that. match. Oh, yeah. After I want to see this violence. Logan, <laughs> yeah, after you, Logan Brown removes one of Dustin Kilgore's eyeballs. Yeah, so Dustin Kilgore probably eyeball, has glass eyes. This is, 
I'm not. I am not being hyperbolic. This is the dirtiest match I've ever seen. I'd never seen it until you tweeted it out. Um, it's pretty alarming. It's alarming. Like if this happened now, it's kind of funny because it's not like this happened in in 1994. This was like what six, seven years ago. Not that long ago. Yeah. Um, and it's just this would never happen. I feel like it would never happen uh, in this day and age. I feel like officiating is not near like this but you got to watch this match we're gonna watch it we'll talk through it together it's it's all time let's go i have another match that was really bad that i think would never happen now after this okay well well, tell me which one it was oh the flores one we had the concussion and he was in the set was it semis or finals and they let him that was insane all right here we go they should so in one second in, there's already been like th- this would have been a double technical face, fall for for hands hands to the face. But lo- well, just watch Logan Brown's repeated, like they're only going to the face. Oh, they're only oh going to, like immediately, and it's just like this the entire time. So they oh immediately that set the tone for the entire match. And oh. at no point. Oh, nice club. Oh, hard club. Big wow. time boxing match here. Nice little he Brown did a nice job of getting that one one last little jab in before they boom, went off the boom, mat. Boom. Oh, he's going straight to the eyes every yes. time. <laughs> the whole time. The whole time. There's just no, there's not a second, uh, second, you know, move. It's just, that's his go-to the entire time. It's also funny how huge Logan Brown is. He's just like significantly bigger than Kilgore here. Mm-hmm. I uh, feel like a knee is coming any second. Well, it's th- funny you that's funny that. you mentioned that. There, there is a knee. There is a no knee involved. No way. My there's, gut is they, right. They had to get separated, but it's not for a while that... There's a shot. Did Logan a, Brown did, did Logan Brown do this to everybody, or is this just like uh, he was pretty he dirty? Dustin Kilgore. Type I think he was thing. pretty dirty. He was dirty. Look at this a little little scramble camp yeah, look here. At this he here, he ben. should cradle him here. He should be Yo, able to get cradle elbow here. deep on that. Like yep, he's elbow deep, crank it up on the back. He's trying. He needs to be a little. Oh, he yeah, he he, he wasn't low enough with the elbow on the knee. So now Kilgore delivers some fantastic uh, cross faces here. Um, is getting a little bit of revenge, but he he only pokes the beast even further. So now Dustin's on top. He gets his. He was so ferocious yeah, with his. So bad. No. Oh no. No. That no. 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 These don't count. Yeah. These don't count. Um. They're it's coming. They're coming soon. later because he was really good at this. His near sight, just like breaking, he just ripped your neck off. Yeah. Yes. He just made you look hard to your left, and then near side cradle. I'm surprised he doesn't pin him here. Really mean. The people with that. Oh man, he yeah. should him. So his 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 uh, lock is a little too high. He needed to slide that sucker down. He would have decked him for Brown's sure. Brown's a tall dude. I think uh, yeah. that played a part in it. Yeah. So here we go. Boom. There's one. Oh, that was good. Nice. Oh, in the form that I <laughs> classic power hat. All, all legal. All legal. No. Legal. Oh yeah. Kilgore is is very much innocent in the uh, if you're stacking up crimes and offenses. It's basically all Logan Brown and Dustin Kilgore are just trying to. Surviving. I like this assassin combination he's throwing on there. He's just not getting it. He keeps he keeps trying to turn him before it's tight enough on the cradles and the assassins. Yeah. He needs, you got to guys. You got to take your time. You got to tighten it up a little bit more and then go. Just take two extra seconds and that's over. Yes. Always coaching, Ben. Always. Coaching. I love it. Um, we're 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 mm-hmm. learning on the fly. Um, Is Nelson Killer coaching somewhere now? Air Force. Oh, Air Force, nice. Oh, I got a kick on Air Force next year. Really? Shout out Jack Gannos. Yeah. He's, I think he's ranked in your rankings now. Heck yeah. 160. So after the ride out, the real pain begins. What's Did up? you see Kilgo responded to a tweet? Yeah. Someone asked him if he remembered this match, and he goes, well, I about lost my eyeballs. So the, <laughs> the worst moment and the moment where you'll, you'll see. Oh, that was oh a hard my gosh. He came, he came back pound. with that one a little bit. Yeah, that's that's a little pound. Buffalo Gap cross face. We had 
Some of the, some of them country boys, they liked to, they reared it back a little bit. Mongoose, yeah. Mongoose, especially. Yeah. Yes, he did. Mongoose, I could see him getting chipped. <laughs> he was a great cradler. Oh, that was his. That was Mongoose. his thing. He was a great cradler because he would punch people in the face with the crossface, <laughs> and then they were dazed and get locked up in a cradle. Maybe, maybe not. Who's to say? And we haven't talked about the fact that this mat is one foot from walls and doors. You'll see him, I think, in a little bit here. But yeah, I I, I said on Twitter, Don Bradley and Yusuf Amita would have gone through them. Yeah, they were just straight Kool-Aid man status. Yeah, through the wall. Through the wall. Um, wow. Okay, so that was, I think, one period. What is this, the Massapequa Holiday Tournament? <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is in Massapequa. Uh, so here we go. Now things start to intensify immediately right to his face. Just popping them. I mean, there were... Thomas Gilman would have invited Logan Brown out into the parking lot after yeah. this match. Yes, it would. It's not physical. It's dirty. Oh, right to the eye. Right to the eye. Um, so he's shooting out. Oh, this isn't where he gets that finish. Um, Look at him go the double power. What hats. I love is that Brown knew that was coming and just buried his face in the mat yeah, as soon as yeah, he got he taken down. The yeah, defense, covering up. He's like, all right, I just, I just gouged this guy six times. I know he's gonna cross face <laughs> the crap out of me. Um, so once again, Kilgore's on top. You gotta watch this match. Wait, does this go watching. the distance? Oh yeah. It goes a distance. Oh yeah. yeah it it really intensifies. Split uh, decision. 29-28. I th yeah. I actually forgot. I thought it was a DQ and then I remembered the reason whole reason it's, why. It's it should have been DQ five different ways. Double DQ? I, I know. You, go ahead, Ben. You know what was you know what's so crazy is how crazy the hands of the face got for like 2 years and now in both folkstyle and freestyle and now it's just gone. Yeah, we eliminated it. Yeah, it was funny you Job say well that because uh, Ty Prasman, who's a coach at SIUE, he was like, if this would have been in the hands of face era, like, it would have been like the highest scoring match of all time. Here we go. Back at it. Point, point, so point. So right oh what you got to watch is... straight in his eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's it. Um, they are the growing of the face. So <laughs> he gets in on a shot. Watch watch right now. All right, this is where it gets oh, good, right, go, go, eye. go back He's five seconds. We gotta oh watch gosh. that one again. So as soon oh, as that's as, what Lyman Good did to me. That's what Lyman Good did to me when I was right in there. Like oh, oh god! Yeah, straight oh, it's terrible. Now watch this, Ben. Kilgore's like thinks oh, about it for a second. You know, like, you know what? You know what? Oh, damn. I got something for you. God, Kilgore should have got DQ'd on that. But no, I mean, no. Are you kidding no. me? Guys, clean wrestling. Guys, it was deserved. It was. You deserved don't like to, tough wrestling. To oh god. You, Politics. So this is this was great. So Kilgore does that. The Purdue coach says Kilgore should be kicked out, just completely ignoring what his guy's been doing. Well, meanwhile, his wrestler has a human eye in his hand. Yeah, and then the, I mean, I, you should you should hear the audio on this. Uh, Zeb's great. Oh, on the that call. was bad. It's great. But then Andresi, I mean, is just giving it to this official. He's like, "You have to get this match under control. It's going to turn into a fist fight." And he like looks at the Purdue coach. He's like, "Don't you agree?" And the Purdue coach just kind of shrugs his shoulders. He's like, "I don't know." I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, so that was so bad. The ref just stands. There. My favorite point is like, after they're, it's time to start wrestling, and the ref just stands there. And Dracy is just, he's not holding back. No, as he should be. I mean, it, it's how did he the not official. get? Dude, how did guys, he not get hit? Gilgore should have got DQ'd. Gilgore should have got DQ'd. The oh, ref man. is just like, all right, I disagree. It was just a shove. Well, he just like he punched. He him. pushed his head. He went like seven seconds after the whistle. I mean, I don't think that deserves like a DQ. He if he, he had came back and if he had punched him, yeah, I agree. But because his eyes him. were getting jabbed, 
Well, I mean, I probably would have DQ'd or at least had points against the other guy for the, the eye gouge. They gave a point. They but, gave a point but, to Logan Brown for that. Yeah, that, that's the thing. After oh, all God. Logan Brown has done, Kilgore is the one that gets the first uh, penalty point. The most hilarious part is like when, how late in the match they actually do give Kilgore a penalty point for hands to the face. Yeah. After he did it for six straight minutes. Right. So Kilgore is back on top, um, just trying to... Move, remove his face. Now they're back neutral again. At one point, Kilgore cocks back to to punch him. Where's the knee? Well, he's going to his eyes again. The knee's late. The knee's late. But Ben would DQ Kilgore. <laughs> yeah, Ben's trying to end the match before the knockout knee comes. Yeah. I don't, these are the doors we're talking about. I don't know how they didn't go through these doors ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah what a ridiculous awesome. place. Yeah. Why and the did... setup there, because I mean, there's a little pad. If we go back, can we scroll back to the other side? Because there's a little pad, but there's very clearly a cement wall, like a foot and a half off the mat. Yeah, D definitely a cement wall. We'll get back there. All right, here's here's where he, I think he cocks back soon here. Oh, um, oh, there's a little. Yeah, there's a nice little short up. That wasn't there. the cock back though. Wait, is that a pad over there? Or is that another door? The purple thing. That's a pad. That's, I think that's a pad. This looks like this. So Kilgore literally took injury time because of his eye, and I think to try to like but, cool down. Cool down. He's gonna. Okay, you guys see the cement wall right there that they can go into, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. There's nothing. There. It's not safe. It's not safe. It's not at safe all. at all. Like you could easily double like. Look at this. Is my favorite. Thing. Coach Hill. Coach Hill sitting there. It looks it's so like, in the ref. This is what he's this doing. This is what an eye poke is. <laughs> so these are. That's absolutely what he's doing. <laughs> hey, keep up uh, the This is no joke. You're doing, you're doing great. <laughs> my but my buddy Alan Belzer tore his retina, and I remember he, after that he was so sensitive over his eyes because of how much trauma that caused. The eyes are not something to be messed with. No, no. Trench, John Trench, it's the worst. So here John we go. Trench, good point. Yeah. So right. I think this is the final period, and this like things get pretty intense here too. Yeah, as if uh, it's not intense yet. This the the cockback is coming at some point. It's pretty great. Um. Killer should just pin him with that assassin and been done with it. Yeah, that's that's the ultimate incentive to uh, get off the mat in a hurry. Yes, anyone had to get poked in the eye so many times. Well, if you're pinning him, what do you think he's going to do to you to get off his back? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Never going to be more desperate. Occupy his hands. Well, if you cradle him, he won't be able to get your eyes. Poor, poor Dustin Kilgore. He's been the victim of this. You know, he was a victim of the fish hook by Jake Varner. Oh yeah. Oh my that? gosh. That was I insane. About that. Yeah, I did too. I mean, he's getting his shots back in though. He, uh, yeah, remember he he punched Varner, right? Holy moly! Yes, he definitely and did punch Varner. Everyone was like, everyone was like, "What the heck, Dustin Kilgore?" And then we put out the video of him getting fish took, and they're like, "Oh, okay, oh, okay." Yeah, fish took so You hard. know what? Kilgore seems to be like he's the the second actor and gets caught a lot. You know what I mean? The yeah, what the gotta, heck? You got to be aware. Yeah, that why, is, why is everyone hating on Dustin Kilgore? Oh my yeah. gosh, this match well, is ridiculous. Extra yeah. push from Brown. You see that shove? <laughs> We gotta, what's the beef with these two? We I don't gotta, know. I want to know the inside. There's got to be in, and what is the score? I think it's, it's third like, period. I think this might be where Kilgore cocked. Look at Kilgore. Kilgore is like protecting like doing eyes. this. The He's score like, is just, the score is twenty five. My favorite part is the ref. Look how close he is oh. to the action. He's like, okay, I'm gonna make sure they don't. Oh, do he's up in there again. Oh my gosh, he's in oh, his was mouth. He a fish hook there. Yep. Didn't see. It's hard to see. Is he the most fish hook wrestler in his NCAA history? It's possible. Look uh, how close the official is to all the action. He's like, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it if there's hands to the face. Yeah. Like, dude, where have you been this whole match? Wow. There's more. There's there's the... His... He literally shot and he had a shot. This is yeah, the knee. This is the knee up. right here. He was... 
But he was shooting. Oh, There's a oh, knee. Oh, go back. But that wasn't high enough. Yeah, he what? stopped himself. Yeah, it wasn't. He, he was. He like started to do it. He thought another like... shot was coming in. He was trying to time it. Yeah. Oh. Whoa! Oh. Shoot him off the is mat. this when he cut? Has do we miss the cockback? I'm pretty sure we already saw it. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Logan Brown is shooting and penetrating with his hand up in the air to try to get his eye when he's doing a penetration <laughs> step. You don't like tough wrestling. <laughs> Oh, there's oh one. God! So, so he, he finally—that's finally, the one. He's like, it's oh too much. <laughs> Can you imagine? This was terrible. Oh God, this is awful. My yeah, eyes hurt so, just watching this. Oh, he's going for it again, so hard. Oh, Listen, at this point, you gotta, you gotta. At this keep point, Kilgore is literally just trying not to DQ himself. Yes, like he's just like, dude, just get me out of this match. Kilgore has a pretty decent game where... face. I mean, if I have to give advice to people to to simmer down, um, people who are doing dirty stuff, you need to just get them in for a headlock, and you just need to choke them really hard. And, <laughs> you know, they can't do anything to you. They can't do anything to you. No, that's a good and point. Then it's hopefully, a great spot. they're yeah, they're fearing for their life that they're going to get choked out again. And, no, uh, I would, and then I would teach my kids very similar so, things. If a kid's getting dirty, just try to murder them. Yeah. You need to you need to <laughs> listen to this match with audio because you can hear Andracy at the end of this match yelling, "I hope we see you again." I hope we see you again. Dustin yeah. Kilgore doesn't want to see him again because he values his eyeballs. Where he was like 11, 12, 3 major, 12, 3 major. I, I hope think, we see you I again. I think either one of the coaches or Logan was like, we'll see you again. And then he's like, I hope we see you again. It was 12, 3. Yeah. Crazy match. Very crazy match. Why don't we go to some, uh, some questions from friends, uh, being that it's oh. 930 deep in the heart of Texas. Okay. Hey. Um, okay. First question. Um, who do you think is the better matchup for Gable Steveson? That is Gino Petriashvili or Taha Akel. So they just wrestled. Right. Taha this morning beat. What tournament was this, Christian? That was um, Euros. Euros. Okay. So so um, <clears throat> well, I guess what's what's your answer to that question, Ben? Who do you think he matches up better against? Uh, I was actually going to freestyle what freestylewrestling.org. That's a uh, Kozak site. Mm -hmm. It is. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go look through there. Yeah, you guys. I'm gonna go look through these guys' uh, profiles. Okay. Well, while you learn, what's your uh, answer? I think Akul is the threat. I think he is the danger. I think he is the guy who can most challenge Gable athletically. I think he has the knockout punch of his single to a lace. That's mm -hmm. interesting. Um, Gino, I've, I've always been team Akul in the Gino Akul rivalry, even though basically the last couple of years, it's been Gino that's been the champion and has gotten really better. better yeah. I just, so I'm, I'm on the records right now, Christian. So Gino beat him at the 2019 world six to six, but then, um, Akul beat him seven zero at the Europeans the same year. He beat him two one at the Europeans in 18. So he's, he, over the last three uh, three matches, he's two and one. Well, yes, but um, I think Taha won like 14, 15, 16 worlds in Olympics. And then yes. mm -hmm. Gino won 17, 18, 19. So okay. that's kind of what I'm, I'm basing it on. Got it, got um, it. Uh -huh. So, but um, bottom line, I think Taha is probably the bigger threat, although it kind of goes against my general principle of like, if you have two guys with similar skill sets, the guy with the better skill set is just going to win that every time. Whereas if you have the contrast, it's maybe a little more 
less predict, mm-hmm. a little less predictable. So I don't know, but that's that's my answer to the question. Yeah, um, I, I can't remember if we. I think I asked you guys this, and I don't recall if you had the answer. I don't think you did. Um, is the United States team going to go compete overseas prior to uh, the World Championships? You know, they usually do a big tournament or two. Do we have that on the schedule? So they're going to go to Pan Ams. I believe they're going to send the ones to Pan Ams, which are yeah, in that's... Guatemala. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, that may be it. They may not do another. Really? They may not do another tournament. That's what I heard. Dang. Okay. Yes. So we'll see. Um, that that sort of uh, surprises me, though. I feel like they would want yeah. one more, like a month out mm-hmm. or something. Um, yeah, I agree. But maybe, well, especially because Pan Am's generally isn't very tough for most guys. They might be the Cuban, and then maybe one of the guy, at, at, you know, at best, yeah. um, and that's really all you're going to see at Pan Am's. Where <laughs> and and stylistically, a lot of the European guys are are different. So I, I mean, I I thought they would want to go over to at least one more. Yes. Um, from my name is Jums. Big fan of Ben. Without Ben, I wouldn't be on the path I am now in. Love with wrestling again. What do you hope we all learned from your fight? Um, <laughs> I guess the um, I guess the one thing I would say is, uh, you know, what I said first is that the only negative I, I could find was the potential for embarrassment, and that's that's not a good enough reason for me. If I have if I have reasons on the other side, um, then then that that should not outweigh that. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Next question. Um, where do I want to go? Oh, I have a question. This is from Ollie to us. Um, Ollie has a pro- Ollie has a oh yeah. Ollie has a situation. Ollie, All right. Ollie so we do these quirky little things in our marketing meetings, and people uh, we, people run the meeting. They do little fun tasks and stuff. So our task this week is we have to find uh, or make our background picture in a Zoom meeting a picture mm-hmm. of our celebrity lookalike. And I need you guys' help on who you think I look like. So, Ben, if you had to say a celebrity and the chat and everybody, yeah. Bracky, we make sure have, you get in there and look and this big tweet at me all the things. Well, it's, but the it's problem about, is I don't know any celebrities. You've seen I mean, celebrities. You literally were just hanging out ben, with celebrities. Ben, no, you can't really like, say that anymore. Literally, literally, <laughs> no, very literally, I'd be like, hey, I because Ty, Tyron knows everybody, you know? Like, Tyron... Uh, I think that person's famous because like a lot of people are staring at them and so like who is who's that you know like I, I literally don't know I mean I know I know if, if we're talking about like '90s or 2000s celebrities like when I was maybe in high school I would know like Snoop Dogg or Mario Lopez I know those people but anyone current I don't know so who do I look like from the 2000s <laughs> I don't know who Kyle, Kyle help me out you're the one you I dude I don't know I don't know I'm we, kind of bamboozled he uh, what was it Canelo people said Canelo. Yeah, JD no. said Canelo. I'm not I mad boo, at that. I agree. I disagree. I say De La Hoya. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Oh. I don't know how to say <laughs> that. Oh, Bill Burr. What? Bill Burr. I don't know what Burr. No, that's like cold-blooded. He's like 50. Oh, man. I think it's, it's the beard. Has... I think it's a beard. He doesn't even have a beard. Oh, he I does can see Bill Burr. I can see Bill Burr Oh, now you see Bill Burr. I can see it. Come on. Ollie, Ollie's uh. I'm handsome, guy. Yeah, he's handsome. Take Someone in the chat off. literally just said Canelo. Let's see what's underneath the hat. Somebody said Canelo. Take, the hat take off. off. Take the hat, hat off. off. You need to take the hat off. You need to let. Listen. You need to let it fly a little. He got some nice hair. Yeah, it goes. Side what's he profile. doing? He always what? hides his hair. He. It's a weird move, guys. 
I'm not trying. How to about just... a young De Niro? A oh, <laughs> oh, I'm going with that one. Yeah, like Godfather Two look. Which uh, yeah. which character in The Sopranos do you most uh, resemble? Uh, probably Bobby Bacala. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> um, None of them. They're all like olive. Andrew Andrews. Santino. Andrew Santino. I've gotten that. Okay, I could go that one. Yeah, yeah. I've got. That's that. not Who funny. No one's that? gonna laugh. It's the guy from. Uh, you got listen, from Dave. Uh, if you are not funny with your answer, it's it'd be like. Uh, oh, that's honestly, not bad. That's not bad. I don't know. I'm, I'm. I get what you're saying, Christian, but I'm not just a comedy dancing monkey for flow and everybody <laughs> make me laugh, make me laugh every time. No, sometimes I'm I like serious. Your Santino pick. That's a here's, good. Pick. Santino makes sense. Let me see. You know what I would do? What? I would use yourself. Ooh, that's a me move. That is a me move. Just some some picture you find, or the one of you on the beach with uh, where where you don't have hair. You're, oh, you're, that you're one, like, or maybe just a screenshot of today's show. That would be great. <laughs> that would be great. Oh <laughs> yeah. So that's that's something all right. That so can... we got some good uh, good suggestions. Good Thanks, one. guys. See. It, it amounted to something. All right, we cr we crowdsourced it as best we can. You don't have a. Yo, my hair is looking crazy good today. Ben, yeah. I do. I have one more question about the fight. Well, not really about the fight, but um, to uh, Takashi six nine, he wanted to walk out with you. Yeah, I need more yeah. on this. And I I had three people in a row say hell to the no. So tired. <laughs> yeah. We put on video. Mm -hmm. uh, my other my other corner said the same thing, and then the one guy I own, Funky Fresh Spring Rolls, said hell mf and no. Anyone but him. So and, did he DM you? Yeah. How did that? Like, how did you find no, out that he wanted to? Tr Troller called me. Oh, okay. They said, "Hey, this would happen." I said, "I let me ask because I don't know. I don't know anything about him. Um, let me just see what uh, see what my people say." And they all said, "No way." I was actually really disappointed because guy with the sign who has somehow <laughs> seven and a half million followers on Instagram was supposed to walk me out, and they said, "I cannot have it be a sponsor, but I can have the sign say whatever I would like it to say." And I said, okay, here's what I want. And they said, I said, long Bitcoin, short the banks. And they said, that's fine. <laughs> then I get ready to walk out and he doesn't have the sign. And I said, man, where's the sign? I told you what sign I wanted. And the sign, sign guy is a Bitcoiner. And he said, they told me I couldn't have it. I'm like, that's so shenanigans because they told me that was fine. Wow. wow. I'm sorry. You got, you I'll got look into that for you. Yeah. Brett, Brett is going to look into that for you. No shenanigans. Nice thing to do. I like how Ben uh, said he didn't know celebrities after he just met Snoop Dogg. He talked about and Snoop Dogg and Dog, Mario Lopez. That's the 90s. Hanging out the with 90s, uh, guys. Getting interviewed by Pete Davidson in your locker room. and You know what the other um, – there were a lot of worst parts, but one of the best parts yeah. of the thing was our guy Too Short was on there, and he did blow the whistle. Mm -hmm. Ollie, that's like, that was like our yeah, theme song our, for like yeah, a couple we were, weeks. We were that. <laughs> 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 Yeah, so that was, I don't know if that's how the song goes, but, um... Blow the whistle. That sounded like the John Cena walkout Yeah, that sounds like... Yeah, your short is also really old. Yeah, he is. He is old. Yeah, I think everyone that I talked to, the best part was all the old old rappers that have the little group now. Yeah. Did you meet Bieber? I did not meet Bieber. Ah. Darn it. I went to so his Biebs. locker room was right across across from my locker room. So when I got there at nine o'clock, I went and I said, "Where's Beebs at?" And he wasn't there. Yeah, he rolls up late. You know it. Um, yes. There were a lot. Yeah, it's a, a lot of famous people. I love that Tyron's immediate reaction to the Kaji Six Nine is he's a snitch. 
Yeah, is that, that's what he is. That's he what is everyone said that I talked yeah, to. Yeah, he is. Yeah, you can't be affiliated with him. I want to be affiliated with you. But I like your <laughs> wife's answer of like, we don't want to. Oh be my in gosh! The streets. <laughs> I know, I've made fun of her so hard for that. Wait, what we is don't that? Want to be in the streets? Because <laughs> <laughs> Tyron was like, you don't really care. You're not in the streets like that. And then Amy's like. Well, we don't want to be in the streets. <laughs> what, when was this? How did I miss this? It was it's, a, it's this Instagram video. So yeah. I'm sitting there. John, John, vlog guy John is there. Yeah. And, you know, I the guy called me and uh, they said, hey, Takashi69 wants to walk you out. And so I text Tyron and said, hey, I got an important question. Come come over real quick. And so Tyron comes over and I said, hey, this guy wants to. And I didn't even know his real name. I said 6X9 or something because he's got a, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, weird. Yeah, that. that was yeah, pretty yeah. lame, bro. And, and he <laughs> said, <laughs> I don't, to my point, I don't know celebrities. And so and Tyron said, hell no. And he said, and then Tyron said, well, you know what? You would go really viral. Um, and you're not really in the streets, so it doesn't really matter for you. And um, and I start laughing, and then Amy goes, "We don't want to be in the streets." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Amy! Oh my gosh! I also funny. liked uh, him explaining to you what a thought was. That was funny. I uh, you did you did you you didn't know that, Bracky? Yeah. I I mean I did. I know what but, thoughts are. Yeah. Shout out, Piles! You definitely didn't know. You're no, so he do- no, he does. No, he does. Yeah, I thought I, he does. How does Piles know? I'm in the, really I'm in the streets, man. I'm from Churchville, dog. <laughs> we we teach him a lot. Sitting with us over there, we teach him a lot. Yeah, I, there's a lot of terms he doesn't know, and we catch him <laughs> up, and we tell him. Never mind. The, the this happens all the time. Where I'm like, and then sometimes I get paranoid. I'll have like a day where like I'll say or like learn a couple things, and then I'll say something. I'll be like. Wait, is this a thing? Because I, sometimes I walk right into it and say unintentionally mm. um, inappropriate things. Got it. But anyway, yeah, so I know what thoughts are, dude. So <laughs> I get on my level. No, yeah, I had no idea. That was so good. <laughs> you guys kind of aren't saying it right either, so. Yes, I am. Thoughts. You're, you're kind of saying thought, like a thought. Thought. But it's like a thought. Okay. You know, it's a little different. <laughs> T-H-O-T. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. no U. I didn't understand that. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Dot provoking. <laughs> All right. All right. Wow. Provoking for um, sure. Sorry. One more maybe. Let's find a good one. Make it a good one. Um, um, I like this one that, Go ahead. Uh, from Taped Laces. If you had a blank check and unlimited access to make a flow film about any topic in wrestling, what would it be? Oh, I know. Long Beach High School. Okay, you uh, go first, Ben. I I think I know mine. I would. Oh, I would do the Randy Lewis, yep. Leroy Smith saga <laughs> of 1984. I have been trying to get you guys to do this for a while, and I think there's just some people who don't really want to talk all that much about it. That's you just summarized it, um, and that is it. That is it, dude. And how I, amazing would that be? Oh, it's it's like my 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 pitch for it is for why it needs to happen is it is literal wrestling history and an untold story yeah. basically um basically. that it just exists in you know kind of like secondhand and there's some articles and and the, and then ryan warner yes. did the podcast but it's like there's so much more to it and so much more i think i think it i think it needs to happen i think not only does that story just on its own deserve to be told and uh, i get why there's reservations around it and why they're like you know what let's not bring up old stuff but 
Um, I just think I think it is an important important story, and more than anything, maybe not more than anything, but it is one of the things that launched John <clears throat> in his competitive spirit and. What oh really? Because oh cause yeah, he says Leroy got cheated. I'm assuming. It, basically, that like inspired him and fired him up. Really, and, and more not that he wasn't beforehand, but it was a it was something that that ignited uh, a spark that let the world on fire for six years. And yeah. let, he left he left the goat and he beat Randy Lewis to make the team. Then four that, years later, that part is so crazy too. That's crazy. I mean, it's yes, absolutely it's... crazy. And, and and there's so much wrestling royalty involved is the other oh, thing yeah. like crazy crazy amount. It's some of the biggest names of all time. And it ignited the the Iowa Oklahoma State rivalry to to become <laughs> what it became, right? It was a, yeah. a rivalry at that point, but then it took on new levels. So that is the answer for me as well. Um and yeah, we're not giving up for sure. Yeah, I would like. I mean, we don't have too much time left in that one because it's now it's getting it's thirty six years old, and I actually think some of the participants of that stuff aren't still around, right? Yeah, I think the the major players are obviously still around and very yeah. well acquainted with the. You know, one side of it really wants to talk about it badly, and then but you know, it would be sort of strange to tie it, to tell the story from only yeah. one perspective. You got so, yeah, you got to have both sides participating. Absolutely. So, um, that's for us to worry about. Uh, but yet, yeah, that's a great answer. It's a good place to end. So we will go. Only two shows this week, today tomorrow. and tomorrow. We thank you guys so much for listening. We thank you for tuning in. We're gonna have a fun week of wrestling. A lot of stuff. A lot of events, especially up in Wisconsin. We can't wait to get there. We'll have some more discussion about it uh, tomorrow. Thank you guys so much. Thanks to Ben. Oliver and Kyle. We'll be back. See you and thank you. Goodbye.